Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Testudo Talk podcast. I'm Andrew Chodas alongside co-host Emmett Siegel. As always, got a special guest today, uh, Diamondback basketball beat writer Eli Cohn. Uh, we're on the way back from Philadelphia where we just saw Maryland put forth a very ugly performance. Uh, lost 57 to 40. Uh, they only had, with three and a half minutes to go, they only had 28 points in the game. It was just ugly all around, offensively, defensively. The Terps dropped to one and three on the season, and there's just a lot of negativity around the program right now. Uh, Emmett, initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you kind of summed it up. Um, you know, as we're driving back past midnight right now on the highway here, you know, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to think about this, this game in a, light other than the complete opposite of what we said when we previewed it you know we talked about we're not going to overreact if they lose if they go one and three you know it's still early in the season but here we are one and three and it's been a really disappointing one and three um you know last year we saw the road struggles they were on display again today this was about as poor of a performance Maryland has had under Kevin Willard in his you know one plus seasons um like you said, there's a lot of negativity around the team right now. It's still early, and you know we're not going to write the season off or anything like that, but uh, there's real cause con- for concern, and we'll get into some of the details of the game, but uh, especially on the offensive end, what we saw today was about as bad of a performance as really we've seen from Maryland in a long, long time. Eli? Yeah, I think you guys hit the nail, nail on the head with it. Uh, the offense was just not, not clicking, which Willard and players touched on um scored 40 points but at i think is somewhat misleading because as you said andrew they they had 28 with three and a half minutes left uh, it was just not an overall strong performance and, and obviously it's it's not just that they're one in three but it's the manner that they've gone one in three in which has been with just atrocious shooting Throughout, throughout the season. Yeah, completely agree. And, and just the final score to reiterate was 57-40, to 40, but it was it was much worse than a 17-point loss. I think we can all agree on that. And just, just to emphasize how poor the offense was, and this was an issue last year with the Terps, an issue that's continuing to this year. They are just struggling to score the ball. That was one of the first things Kevin Willard said in his press conference. He was, right now we, we can't score the ball, and that's affecting us also on, on the defensive end. Um, so... To put this into perspective, uh, in the first half, Maryland shot 4 of 27 from the field and 2 of 14 from 3. So that's 14.8% and 14.3% respectively. Um, they score, They were they were outscored in the first half 39 to 15, which is a 24-point deficit at the half while only scoring 15 points is, I think, to be frank, is embarrassing. Um, it was just a struggle for a lot of guys. Uh, Jameer Young went 3-for-10 from the field, had four turnovers. Jordan Geronimo, who didn't even get to start, Jamie Kaiser did. Jordan Geronimo went 1-of-9 from the field, 0-5 from 3. And when the game was all said and done, Maryland finished 12-for-50 from the field. And even more concerning, and this has been the concern for the first four games, 5-of-26 from 3. Right now, Maryland does not have a score, and they also don't have a fifth starter that, that they can rely on. And Kevin Willard said that. He said, we're still looking for our fifth starter. He's in three games. He's rotated between four games. He's rotated between Noah Batchelor, Jordan Geronimo, and Jamie Kaiser Jr. I think Kaiser Jr. is probably 
the best option, but he's a freshman, and it's going to take freshmen to settle in a long time. And right now, it's just not going right for the Terps. There's a lot of negativity. Fans are discouraged. There's Kevin Willard said, said there's no confidence. Really, there's not much confidence right now in the room. But just, this is a, uh, a just the Asheville tournament. You're expected to win that. You lose both games, and this looks like a game maybe you can bounce back, come up with a big victory, and it's just a flat performance. I, I mean, it's just... Yeah, Eli? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just very far from, I think, what everyone was expecting they looked like early on a season, even though, uh, you know, going into the year, Willard said that he thinks it, it might take a little bit more time with this team. Um and, and as you said, they're searching for that fifth starter, but finding that fifth starter and being able to find some sort of offensive cohesion will be tricky when they can't stretch out a defense. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, but obviously not uh, the most optimistic times in College Park right now. Yeah, you mentioned in College Park, it's it's been a rough go for Maryland basketball as a whole. The, the women's team has dropped two in a row. They're one and two. They're likely to fall out of the AP poll, a streak they've had for a lot of years. I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, men's team, obviously, it's three losses in a row. You dropped to one and three on the season. Uh, the Derek Queen, uh, you know, hype that that commitment got delayed, and now that that's in the future. So, a lot of not so amazing stuff happening in College Park, specifically with the basketball program. Uh, but the one thing that I guess is encouraging. Well, Kevin Willard said he expected it to be slow. He didn't expect it to be this slow. There's still 27 games left in the season. Yeah. So you can laugh, whatever, but there are, right? And, and you, you know, the, the remaining non-conference schedule, they have a game against UCLA. But besides that, it's they have, ga- they have games which they should win against South Alabama, UMBC, Coppin, Ryder. Ryder, Coppin State. So if you're 5-3 and three or 5-4, and four, uh, whatever, so let's say I think they play 11 non-conference games in the 20. So let's say you're 7-4. and four. Not good, some bad losses, but it's – not the ends of the world, right? Because conference play, Maryland had, you know, fairly good success last year. Obviously, away from home, it, it struggled a lot. But if you can do well in conference play, I mean, it, it can enhance your resume and you can have a chance to to improve on the season. But that's, you, you gotta, you, you can't rely on maybe working through your kinks right now and having a good, you know, Big Ten slate. You need to play better basketball in the next few weeks. And right now, they're just failing to do that. Well, that that's, that's the thing that, that we should talk about is that, you know, like you said, there's still so much time left in this season. The season is just beginning, and, uh, you know, college basketball is in large part your season's success is defined what you do in March. That's just kind of the nature of the sport. So in November, you can't really come to any sort of concrete conclusions about this team, about any team, really. I mean, we saw Michigan go out, and they looked like one of the best teams in the conference, and then they lose to Long Beach State tonight. Um, you know, anything can happen in college basketball, but, but like Eli said, um, it's really about the manner in which they've lost these games. Um, I, I, I think we should say that, like you said, they had, what was it, 28 points with three and a half minutes left? Yep. That would have, I believe, tied the record for lowest points ever scored in a game in Maryland basketball recorded history. A 40-year-old stat. Yeah, and, but keep in mind, this is back when there was no shot clock. You know, the, there's the famous slowdown game where they scored like 30 points. Like, th- this is what we're talking about with how poor they were today. And, you know, you, st- you stack this game, which losing to Villanova is what it is. You lose to Villanova. A lot of great teams lose to Villanova, especially there. That's a tough place to play. Beautiful building, by the way. I really enjoyed the experience oh, there. So, not, not to interrupt, great building, great atmosphere. 
yeah, it was it was it was a good atmosphere. I thought it maybe it could have been a little bit better, to be totally honest. But, All right, uh, it, it, the game was kind of out of out of reach, so there wasn't you know too much to really get super involved in. But but that aside, like the fact that Maryland hasn't been able to get anything going on offense, the fact that Maryland has dropped these games. Yes, you have Big Ten play coming up. Yes, you have plenty of opportunities in the future to you know make up for uh, for the, the kind of thought hole I think we should say that you put yourself in at the beginning of the season. And we mentioned last year that they were able to kind of find their groove in conference play. But we also forget that last year they started 8-0. So they were able to kind of ride some good early season momentum into conference play. And then even though they had that slump where, you know, the road losses started piling up against Michigan, they had the 13-point first half, which I was reminded of when I was frantically Googling what the last time they scored 15 points in the first half was. I was surprised to find that it was only a couple months ago, at least game-wise. And then in Rutgers, they follow that up with, I believe, it was a 17-point first half. We've seen this from Kevin Willard's teams, his two teams, since he's got to Maryland, just this these slow starts on the road. You're putting yourself in a hole, and I, you know, like we said, there's still so much time left in the season. But when you look at the way you've started the season, even if it's going to take time to grow, you can't wait too long because these are the kind of losses that, like I said, losing to Villanova, not a bad loss. But when you start stacking bad games like this, this is the kind of stuff that, your resume reflects this in March, could knock you down a seed line, could end up costing you a tournament bid, stuff like that. that they have to find their groove, and they have to stack these wins in this easy part of the non-conference well, schedule before you see That's line. exactly the question I was going to pose to both of you. Obviously, we talk, oh, it's just November, and you say, you know, the March is meaningful basketball. But how much do you guys think that these, these losses derail their resume as they head into the next few months and hope for a postseason bid? Yeah, well, the UAB and Davidson losses are certainly a lot worse. You know, losing to Villanova, um, luckily this was a late game on a Friday night and it's early in the season, so maybe a lot of people see the scoreline and not realize how lopsided it was. Um, but, yeah, when you look at the, some of the losses they've stacked up, it's really not going to keep you out of the tournament, probably, but if you're right on the bubble or if you're, you know, in between seed lines or something like that, um, you know, starting out strong, if for nothing else, even though... All games on paper matter the same. If for nothing else, the strong start last year just immediately legitimized them. So then all their struggles were characterized as what's happening to Maryland. We thought this team was good as opposed to people writing them off and then maybe coming on board late. Right now, it seems like the general narrative around Maryland, both in and around the program and even in the national media and everything, is kind of that this team just might not be that great. And now you have a lot of work to do to try and change people's minds, which is a lot harder to do than if you start the season strong. Yeah, and just pivoting a little bit to, you know, back to the specific uh, parts of the game. You know, you just look at Maryland Maryland starters. Uh, Julian Reese was a minus 17. Kaiser. And he was probably the best player. He was. The, he was, yeah. And Julian Reese minus 18. Uh, Dante Scott minus 18. Obviously for Dante, an important game for him, you know, coming back to his hometown of Philadelphia and... It's a disappointment. Uh, you feel for him. Uh, Jameer Young, minus 26. Deshaun Howard-Smith, minus 20. And I want to talk about Jameer Young. He has, to me, he's disappointed this season. He has looked like a – I put this in my game story. He has looked like a shadow of himself. And, and today just kind of epitomized what, what the season's kind of been for him. I, four turnovers, 30% from the field. Just – it's not good enough from Jameer. He's supposed to be your star, and it's not good enough. Yeah, I mean, Jameer last year was – so fantastic, especially early in the season, and he kind of waned towards the end of the year. So there was a little bit of reason to be concerned about maybe that was the you know the beginning of a bad trend. Like you said, his first four games, 
have been less than impressive, especially the last three. Um, today was not good at all. You know, nobody was good at all, so I'm not putting the loss on him or anything like that. But, uh, but when they needed a spark, when they were struggling offensively, their star, their point guard who has the ball in their hands every single possession just didn't, didn't really show up. And his shots weren't falling. He was getting the air ball treatment from the crowd. Um, it just seemed like he was lacking a lot of confidence today. And it, it's it's not hard to understand why. Obviously, you know, you look at the way the game was going and anybody would have lost confidence in the way the game was going. But, um, yeah, Jameer Young was so, so rock solid last year that, you know, you're seeing these early season struggles. You have to ask the question of, you know, what's the real Jameer Young? Is it the Jameer Young we saw last year? Or is maybe there's enough tape out on him? Maybe teams have gotten a better idea of how to defend him. Maybe, you know, the, the situation around him is more conducive to teams playing defense more effectively on him. Um, you know, we're, we're going to see, like we said so many times, we got a long way to go in this season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But uh, from what we've seen early in the season from Jameer Young, has not been encouraging in the slightest. Yeah, sorry if the audio might be a little bad on this. It is pouring outside on the highway. But, Eli, you got any thoughts to add here? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't pin uh, the loss or the early season struggles on Jameer, but I, I certainly understand the point that uh, he, he probably hasn't been as impressive as you'd like for him to be. Um, but it, to me, I think the bigger thing is there's sort of searching for an identity on the offensive side of things. Good point. Uh, early on, uh, look at the, the game in Nashville. They were trying to run run through Julian Reese in the post a little bit. Uh, they sort of, both Davidson and UAB were bringing doubles, forcing forcing Reese to kick it out, and, and he was making the right passes, and the shots weren't falling, and I think that's sort of what it all comes back to, that the shots weren't falling. If you look at the, the stats today, you know, Villanova got more rebounds by seven, but that was in large part because Maryland was missing a lot more shots. Their rebounding percentages weren't too far off. Maryland had more assists, more steals, more blocks, less turnovers. It, they just haven't been able to create shots for themselves or make shots. So I think at this point they're very much looking for to, just to find something. Yeah, ultimately just a, a really tough night, a really, really tough start to the season for Maryland. Villanova led for 39 minutes and 52 seconds out of the 40-minute performance. Um, and we will be back uh, after tomorrow's Michigan game, which... Uh, well, may- before we go, I do want to oh. quickly add something to Eli's point about the offense. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no, no problem. Um, the perils of doing the live podcast on the way back, right? Um, I, you know, I'll have to watch the game back on TV because, you know, when you watch it in person, you know, sometimes it's a little bit hard to keep track of everything and, you know, you have to go back and watch the tape and all that. But it just felt like on offense, and we, we've seen this a lot. This was a big complaint that a lot of people had about Mark Turgeon's offense um, and, and Kevin Willard's offense. I know at Seton Hall some people were talking about this, you know, the zone offense, is that it just feels like way too often they're caught with less than 10 seconds on the shot clock and the ball hasn't even entered the three-point arc. They're just doing dribble handoffs at the top of the key. And when you get to that point, you know, you have your back to the basket with eight seconds on the shot clock. It's in Jameer Young's hands. That, that's, that's how you get these bad shots where you're forcing threes. You know, you're trying to get it into Julian Reese, who has to force a post move, and he can't get it to go. You know, maybe you have to, you know, you said Jordan Geronimo took five threes. You know, Jordan Geronimo's an all right shooter, but you don't want Jordan Geronimo taking five threes in a game, ideally. Dante Scott's taking a lot of threes. This is how this happens is when you, you have kind of, free play offense that doesn't have a clear identity like Eli said and 
you know, last year they were able to, to dominate the pick and roll. That's where Jameer Young and Julian Reese really thrived, especially with Reese in the second half of the season. You just have not seen that be so effective this year. And until Maryland can prove that it can beat teams from outside, there's no reason for them not to just blitz every screen and force Maryland to, you know, pass it around the arc. And then you're kind of left for dead late in the shot clock with nothing to do. Yep, not a lot of positives with, with the Maryland basketball pro- program right, right now. Uh, this, thank you for tuning in to our live car cast. We will be back uh, tomorrow after the Michigan-Maryland just football game. Just over 12 hours. In just over 12 hours, yeah. So Evan and I got to sign off so we can, we can get some sleep. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.